We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas at the Lamb Shows. You can find me. Make sure you are following everything VM on every possible social media other than Snapchat. Because Snapchat is just it's too much. It's too crazy, that, uh, that app. Joining me back-to-back, my guy Taryn, PFF Taryn, uh, Green Bay Taryn. Wisco Taryn. What up, bro? I like it. I like these nicknames. I like it. Uh, what's up, man? My first back-to-back. I'm pumped. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a common theme with me, right? Like, I'm a back-to-back fantasy football champion. <laughs> back-to-back days, I went to jujitsu. I'm a little beat up, if you can see. You see that over there? See that. All right. A little, you know, we got to work on these biceps a little bit, but, you know. I'm, battle I'm scars. Battle scars, baby. Uh, right now, there's not going to be video for this one. Because I already look gross, but this is like, I haven't showered. I haven't taken off my compression tights. How's that for an image? Oof. I can smell it from here through the screen. Oof. All right. So what I want to do on this episode, um, there's a lot of teams. This is the most 2-0 teams, Taryn. I don't know if you knew this. The most 2-0 teams in the history of the NFL at one point. Actually, didn't know that. Yeah, there's the most two and O teams, and there's about twenty plus teams we're gonna run through on this episode. And the premise of this episode is two and O versus O and two teams. Who are we buying? Who are we selling? Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? Who's already on to next year? Oh, my Giants. And who is 0-2 that, yo, you know what? We've seen it in the past. Most recently, the Texans just two years ago. 0-3 to start off the year. 
outlook of their schedule got a lot easier. Banged out nine in a row. You've seen one in five starts. The Colts that same year go on and make the playoffs. You've seen the New York Giants win Super Bowls starting off 0-2. You know what I'm saying? I bury them and I put them over, brother, brother. So just because you're 0-2, it's, it, you should be panicking a little bit, but it's not the end of the world is what I'm trying to say, Taryn. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's tough. That's a really tough start. It doesn't sound like that much of a difference between one and one and zero oh and two, but even though it's not impossible, that that zero oh and two is is historically pretty tough. I want to start off going through each division, and if your division has two and zero oh teams or zero oh and two teams, we'll hit on them. And I want to start off with what I expected to be the best division in the NFL, and what so far is the best division in the NFL. A seven and one record for the NFC West. Taryn, we have not one, not two, but three teams that are two and oh in this division. We're gonna start off with a team that both of us were very high on coming into the year. And that was I'm coining it and I'm saying it now. My Arizona Cardinals. Our <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Yes, sir. We're on the bandwagon. Two and oh. Is what Arizona – that was terrible how I phrased that. What <laughs> Arizona is doing, is that what you expected coming into the year now that they're 2-0? and um, I expected this to be a very strong team. Playoff team for me, I, I had them picked going in, and we talked about it. Like you said, we're both really very high on them. The DeAndre Hopkins addition already looks like a bigger payoff than what I was ready for. And even though I was expecting them to be good – they're banged up now, but the 49ers taking it to San Francisco in week one, I was like, this team might even be better than I thought, and I was high on them. This division, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I had an all-time bad fucking take. Like, this is a Mount Rushmore bad take, where I said I preferred Christian Kirk through the first four or five weeks of the regular season from a chemistry, from a uh, quarterback, wide receiver, fantasy outlook. The guy that I preferred was Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, I am probably uh, El Presidente of the fan club for Christian Kirk. I believe Christian Kirk has four catches on the season, and I might even be giving him too much credit as I pull up his stats right now. Uh, he has three catches for 57 yards. DeAndre Hopkins... I think did that against the Niners in the first drive. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yo, what a uh, shitty take. But, dude, to defend it, because, you know, I do like to admit when I'm wrong, but I also like to defend it. What I meant by that, and a lot of people felt this way too, you had no preseason. You didn't really practice together much. There was no chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver. And you've seen a couple of teams struggle with that new quarterback wide receiver tandem, right? Like A.J. Green, I think, leads the NFL in targets. Yep. And the guy can't do shit. So he can't, like, score touchdowns and whatnot. Um, James Robinson just scored another touchdown as I have the Thursday Night Football game on there. And my buddy, my buddy Dominic is texting me right now because <laughs> I, made a, I made a blockbuster trade in my league, Taryn. I traded James Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tyler Lockett for Chris Godwin and Christian McCaffrey. I am 2-0. and My team is 58 points ahead of second place for most points for. Uh, it's an absolute buzzsaw. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like uh, George St. Pierre back in the day. You just, you don't want to get in front of this freight train. So I made this move. And now, of course, James Robinson scores his uh, second touchdown. But with that being said, Let's go back to the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, you are absolutely right. I think that pairing right now might be the best pairing one-two punch from a quarterback wide receiver perspective in the league. And that just opens up another dimension for this offense with Kingsbury over there, who he wanted to do this shit last year too. But it's different when you got an alpha like Hopkins out there as someone who roots for a team who has an alpha as well. Yeah, 100%. It makes a big difference. And I like the way that they're running him more so far through two weeks. Kyler is not Lamar Jackson, like as far as straight line speed and all that. 
but the kid's a joystick. Nobody gets a hand on him when he when he takes off, and it's it's really fun to watch. And I think that could be really dangerous, similar to the Ravens, but in, in a different way. So the Cardinals are two and zero. They beat the Niners. Big win, I thought. I thought that was a huge win because you went on the road against San Fran, and it was just one of those wins where that's the team you got to go through in that division still. And I know Seattle segue into them. They're two and zero as well. Um. I, my big take and my strongest take was I felt as if there was going to be regression in this division between the Niners and the Seahawks. So far, it doesn't look good for the boy with Russ, I think is completing 87% of his passes this year, which we also had mentioned the let Russ cook. If they were going to let him, this is what was going to happen to Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've talked a, a few times before the season started about how you were lower on the Seahawks, expecting some regression. I was pretty much with you. Um, but like the one thing I think that could have like uh, put a damper on that take is exactly what they're doing. The, from a f- like philo- philosophical standpoint, they've completely changed how they're doing things on both sides of, of the ball. Instead of run, 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 Russ, save us. It's like you said, hashtag let Russ cook. And then on defense too, it's not just that cover three Seattle scheme. doesn't matter who we're playing. Their game plan specific, more blitzing, a little more man. I think probably the addition of Jamal Adams helped with that. But those, those changes that team made were like the one thing that could change, you know, their outlook for me. And, and they did it to my surprise. I also think what Seattle has done is kind of go away from the norm of what a lot of teams are doing when they're building their defense. It seems like they said, maybe they had this in their mind, Taryn, and from what we're seeing now, it's probably the case where we were going to let Russell Wilson go, go off like he's been doing. And we don't care much about a pass rush. If we could generate one, cool. But let's just absolutely load up in the secondary, which they have. I mean, dude, like, there's no way you could watch that Jamal Adams performance on Sunday Night Football and think that that was not the right move for them to make to bring him in there. Absolute game wrecker, just all over the place. There was one play, dude, where he came off, like, the left side and Cam rolled out to his right. Mm -hmm. And it was just a play where I just remember from watching, from, like, being in – because I kicked in Buffalo, right? Buffalo State, I was a kicker. So a lot of times, like – when you went to watch tape, bro, we weren't watching fucking tape when you were kicking. It was mad whack. It sucked. But I would go to defensive huddles, uh, defensive team meetings. So when I'm over there, there'd be a lot of times where a, when a quarterback rolls out, a lot of times you just let that one guy, you leave him unblocked because the quarterback is running away from the side that he's coming off the edge from. But, like, Adams is making that play where now I think teams are going to have to leave someone there to chip at least, maybe you know throw him off his route a little bit and then let him roll out. Seattle is 2-0. and Honestly, that's where I had them at this point, too. Their schedule is going to get a little tougher. But, I mean, Seattle, the, the one thing that could go against the regression stuff with Seattle is what they're doing now, and that's letting Russell Wilson just go off. Yeah, 100%. I, I really never thought I would see the day. Um, I don't know what happened or what got into Pete Carroll that he was like, okay, I'm actually going to – change how I do things on both sides of the ball but they are and I still had them winning the division I think if I remember right it was either them or the Cardinals but I think I had them winning um but I was not expecting this this is a top three team football for me it's like you know Ravens Chiefs ish obvious and then I almost think it's the Seahawks assuming they continue this you know style that they've been playing yeah this style is uh it's out of control, man. It's really, it's really fun to watch too, because we, you know, the fantasy community and they've been asking for this for a while, you know, the, the idea of letting him do his thing and look, if this keeps up, this is a, this is a 12 win team. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, all right. The other team ra- rather surprising, but the Rams 2-0. We got to show them some love. The Rams, I had – this was my take on the Rams. They spent a lot of money on, like, seven players. 
And it's dope when they're all healthy. One guy goes down. I think it's a, like those seven guys, Whitworth, Donald, Ramsey, the two wide receivers, Goff, you need all those guys to be healthy. Can they? I'm not wishing injury on anyone ever, but it's just something that it's hard to account for and shit happens, right? Like Michael Thomas, a guy just rolled up on him, you know, it just some weird shit like that could happen. So as long as the Rams are healthy, I think they're a serious contender in this division. And it seems like I made this joke um, when I was recording with Allen. I feel like no fans in the crowd might benefit golf because he can actually hear McVay tell him what to do. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Every time the Rams would play over the last couple of years, I would try to figure out how they were going to play in the game by if Goff would go poopy pants Goff, as I would call him. Sometimes he just, you know, shits himself under the pressure or whatever it is. I think you're right. No fans just being able to focus and listen to Daddy McVay definitely helps him out. (laughs) Daddy McVay. Dude, how do you feel about Sean McVay, though, before we, we move on from this division? Like, this guy was the golden standard two years ago, and then I guess Kyle Shanahan comes in, now Kingsbury. You know Kingsbury's going to start getting some more buzz. Like, oh, look what he's doing, the best young mind. And then McVay is kind of like, is he an afterthought now, or am I reaching? I don't think you're reaching. I think for a lot of people, you're right. It's it's all, you know, those other guys that you mentioned. I don't hear much of Sean McVay at all anymore. And I think part of that is the Raven, Ravens. Sheesh. The Rams not doing as hot last year. They came back down to earth a little bit. But I, I'm still a Sean McVay guy, whether the public and, you know, NFL Twitter still is or not. I like what he's able to do. And he maybe takes a little bit longer to readjust. Like last year, I thought they had the talent to be a little bit better but he didn't do much different. And then he all of a sudden is changing things up as far as personnel sets and keeping golf comfortable this year. So maybe it just takes him a little bit longer, but dude's still a genius at the end of the day. We have no two and O teams in the NFC South, but we have two O and two teams in this division. Uh, Carolina Panthers, don't want to spend much time on them. Kind of where I thought they would be after two games. They're in a complete rebuild with what they're doing over there. They lose McCaffrey as well. Devastating blow for them because I think he is one of the most important non-quarterbacks in the league in relation to what he means to his team and what I think the point spread is. If you just take a look at this game, you know, Taryn, I don't know how much you know about betting or if that's like your thing at all, but there's this thing that comes out in the summertime where sports books give you advanced lines. So you can go, hypothetically speaking, and you can place a wager on uh, week 13 Packers bills. Mm-hmm. And you can see like, oh, the Packers are a six-point underdog. All right, let me go bet this now because your outlook is like, yo, maybe – Week 12, 11, whatever week I said, now Green Bay is a favorite, right? So those are called look-ahead lines. And this look-ahead line was about a point and a half in favor of Carolina back in the summer. Now it's against Carolina. So that just tells you basically because of McCaffrey not being there. So I don't want to spend too much time on Carolina. It's just kind of they are who – what was it saying? They are who we thought they were. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so – yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a really bad defense. Their best player is now injured, and it's a Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. They got some weapons, but it's he's kind of like a Derek Carr where he might not even use them. So even though, like I said, with the I know you don't want to spend too much time on them, but how I mentioned for the Giants that I don't think Saquon going down was that much or that important for them like this season as far as their performance. McCaffrey, although it's the same position, I view it a little differently. That's more important, especially for that team, because of not only how good he is, but the way Teddy Bridgewater plays, he doesn't like to throw it deep. So having that, you know, having CMC to throw to underneath, I think is really big for them. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more stylistically of how they want to run their offense over there. It does make sense. Uh, Atlanta. Um, wow. Wow. You're talking about a team that should be one and one. Oof. Um, definitely one and one. 
That's so <sighs> man. I uh I text Alan and I was like, yo, bro, you should just stay off Twitter on <laughs> Just just stay off Twitter, fam. Look, 0-2 right now, big game. They're playing the Bears this weekend. I think this game is gonna say a lot about Atlanta as a team moving forward because losing a game like that last week, it could either I wouldn't even say make. It could either break your season or break your season. Like you had that game, I think it was like ninety nine point eight percent chance. All these like analytic stuff and percentages of you winning yeah. your game, and then you lose that. So you're zero and two right now, and your defense is that sh- they can't stop a nosebleed, as they say. Oh yeah. But the offense is not the issue. The offense is not the issue. The offense did its part. Like, Matt Ryan had a sensational game last week. It's not his fault. The defense just couldn't. And then the onside kick. But how do you feel about Atlanta at 0-2? Oh, man. In, in that division, I think that that game was too big of a game to drop. You know, everything's a little bit different this year with the seven playoff teams. But – it's like you said, the offense is good. You know, they have some issues, but the defense is uh, – it's a fishing net. It's just nothing but uh, but holes for, you know, people to run through. And I just don't know how they come back from that. This is a must win against the Bears because we'll get to my thoughts on the Bears, which are probably similar to yours when we get to that division. But, like, they have to win this game. Go off, bro. Bears are next. We're going into the north right now. They're 2-0 and right now. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. This is this is my first fraudulent two and O team that we're coming across here. Um, Mitch Trubisky had played for like three good quarters out of eight, maybe, and one like great, and two like he didn't you know burn the house down. Um, defense is good. It's still not twenty eighteen Bears, and they played the Giants. Um, and barely beat them, and then the Lions, who they should have lost to, and is also a pretty bad team, an 0-2 team. So I I think that they are going to be exposed here soon. It should be against Atlanta, but if not, it'll be in the next, you know, two, three weeks. Are you a believer of you play who's on your schedule and it is what it is, or do you buy into the notion how I do where – like, yo, you got to have some impressive wins. I think I'm somewhere in between. You play who's on your schedule, but, you know, it's all about sample size. If it's only two games, playing who's on your schedule doesn't apply quite as much because it could be two bad teams and it's a small sample size. If you don't, like, like you said, you have to have some impressive wins. I kind of agree, but say we're eight weeks in. Right. And a team hasn't really played any of the top, top, like upper echelon of teams, but they're kicking the dog shit out of every other team that are like bad or middle of the road they play. I, I think that you can still put stock in that. Yeah, that's fair. I might be a little extra right now. You only play two games, but like you said, Trubisky still not buying it. I don't care what you guys tweet at me. He's had one all pro quarter. And then everything else has been below average. Uh, I watched them with the Giants. Sure, Anthony Miller dropped a touchdown pass. I get it. But it just – I'm sorry. I'm not going to shy away from the three years of watching them because of one great quarter. And you beat up on the Giants. Who This year, the Giants, I think everyone who's struggling offensively when you play the Giants, you're going to get right. That's going to be the kind of team that they are. The Falcons the same way. Right, Dallas Cowboys the same way. Their defenses are just not that good, but their offenses should be able to keep them in games and win them games. Not the Giants. I'm talking about the other teams I, I referenced. But the Bears, like you, you should be one and one. That's what you should be. So you got gifted that win against the Lions, where three defensive backs went down. And then I had referenced the splits with Desmond Trufant in the lineup, and then when Trufant went down. Like, it was completely different. All three touchdown passes from Trubisky came in when that happened. So, the Bears, uh, I'll agree with you. That's the first team that I'm definitely not buying 
And then the other team that we've mentioned so far, I'd say would be the Rams, but not like I'm more confident in the Rams than I am in Chicago. And I think that has a lot to do with Jared Goff versus Trubisky. I'm I'm the same way, which should say a lot because I don't think Jared Goff is anything amazing either. Mm-hmm. But you know he's a lot better than Mitch Trubisky, at least for me. What you said with the, with the one quarter, a lot of people give him credit because it was in the fourth quarter. But I'm not the type, like. There's something to be said maybe for being quote unquote clutch. But I'm not gonna give credit to a guy for putting out a fire in the last quarter that he started in the first three. That's as simple as that. Love that. Love that analogy. I might steal it and not give you no credit. Cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, the Packers. I'll let you open this up because this is your team. Oh, baby. Um, I am trying to – I try really hard to not be biased, even with my team. I think that's one of my strengths when it comes to talking football. I'm well willing to shit on the Packers if need be. But I think this is a really good team. It's a lot better than I expected. Sample size – is small and we beat up on really bad teams. I think the Vikings are bottom five team and the lions, even though it hurts me because I really expected a lot from them this year. I don't think they're very good either, but the difference is you can still glean things um, from the games, even if it's just, you know, even if it's against bad teams without just looking at the box score numbers, for example, Packers, their offensive line on PFF, number one graded run blocking line, number four graded pass blocking line. I think that says a lot when you look at analytics and a lot of people are very PFF is one of those polarizing things in this industry where you're either like, you think they're a genius or people think they're a bunch of morons over there. I work for them. So obviously, you know, I'm not in the moron camp, but one of the things I've learned from working for them is that the trenches are one of the easiest Um, like places to evaluate because it's very simple the way they do it you know you record overall basically wins losses things like that it's it's a lot simpler than stuff on the outside quarterback play etc etc so I think their offensive line is very good and Aaron Rodgers I haven't seen play like this since probably I don't know 2014 in there yeah I I was gonna say 2015 around then like that that year that the Cardinals beat them in the playoffs oh, that God, overtime. That remember Fitzgerald? <laughs> just oh, I remember. Oh, dude, I had the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Yo, my buddy Espo and I, we bet the Packers to win the Super Bowl at like 28 to 1 odds. Uh, <laughs> maybe like week 13 or 14 around there. And uh, I was like, yo, there's a roadmap where they could avoid Carolina until they get to the conference championship game. And then from there, you can hedge. Like, when it's a number that drastic, like 20 to 1, it's like, yeah, you can work your, your way around. But mm-hmm. you know, if you bet, like last year, I bet on the Chiefs to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. And when they got to the NFC title game, even though I was super confident, I was like, yo, they're not fucking losing to Tennessee. Yeah. And – I didn't hedge it anyway because the money that I was going to win, it wasn't worth the value to put it out. So in a situation like with the Packers back then, but yeah, I would agree with you, man. 2014, 2015 is the last time you saw them. I want to push back just a little bit on the Packers. You beat the Vikings and the Lions and the Vikings, the Vikings look like, yo, they might get the number one pick bad. Yeah. Like their defense. I think a mistake that a lot of people did, including myself, was we tr- we we like Mike Zimmer as a coach, correct? Mm-hmm. And he's a defensive guy, and he's a very consistent guy. He's a guy who sports betters love. He, he has a better against the spread record at home, Taryn, than Bill Belichick does. And, like, if Bill Belichick is that standard, he's right up there from a betting perspective. He actually surpasses him from a betting perspective. With that being said, dude, completely new defensive line from what they had last year and three new starters in the secondary. Yep. Uh, I think cornerbacks because they still have the safeties there, which I like. Yeah. So you have that, and then you have, like, a rookie Okuda suiting up against Mm -hmm. Rodgers. So, I think Green Bay is fantastic. I think they need Adams healthy. 
I think he's another guy like McCaffrey who is very valuable to his team non-quarterback wise. And maybe maybe we should have been buying into this like fuck you year from Aaron Rodgers. Like, all right, yo, y'all drafted a first-round quarterback? Bet. You think I'm no longer in that top tier? Bet. No problem. But let me show out. And so far, that's what he's been doing. My only pushback, and I, I do think they're a playoff team. Let's not get crazy. They also fit the criteria of regression as well from, you know, my uh, injury luck and one-score game perspective. But the way Rodgers is playing right now, it, it's hard to not take them seriously. Yeah, I agree. And the only last thing I have to add is I've also been trying to, you know, everyone in Wisconsin here is already freaking out because we scored 40 points the first two games, but I'm pump the brakes a little bit. The only thing I think about, even though playing two bad secondaries, Rogers is just doing things that I've been wanting him to do for like the last three years. He'll, you know, he's throwing the first read if it's not, even if it's not wide open, but he can fit it in there instead of, you know, dancing around extra He's got the special throws still on the run sidearm stuff. And even though they were bad secondaries, the throws that were very tight coverage, the few of them, he's still making them. So I don't – I'm still able to, I think, see Rodgers play accurately. But I agree. It's – you know, I don't think they're as good as the, you know, 85 points scored might say. But I still think they're a good team. Vikings uh... – kind of mentioned how their defense looks really really bad Kirk Cousins what I don't even know how to explain what happened last week it's not like the Colts have some ridiculous defense I like some pieces on there and they didn't even have hooker in that game too or he got hurt there in that game I forgot which one it was exactly but I do they miss digs that much offensively does is is Adam Thielen kind of getting exposed to being a fantastic number two guy but if he's your main guy you're shaking your head over there yes is, is that how you feel about Thielen that is how I feel about Thielen yeah you, you hit the nail right on the head for for me without Diggs taking that all the attention I I still think Thielen's a good receiver but it you know it's a lot easier when Stefan Diggs is on the other side hey man I I can't I can't uh, disagree with you on that I think that's that's exactly how it looks for me and with them just zoning in on stopping the run I think people are going to be a little upset with Dalvin Cook this year from a production and, and fantasy standpoint. So it's, uh, it's, it's weird how they handled him too, right? Like that first game, I think he only outrushed Madison by like four carries. Like, yeah. Dude, you just paid him too. Yeah, like, it doesn't, it, doesn't really make sense. Yeah, isn't the point like – this is going to sound horrible, but this is just the nature of the beast when you're talking about running backs. Like isn't the point like – the moment I pay you as a running back, like I'm trying to get the most out of you because I know that one, I might've not wanted to pay you <laughs> Two, I end up paying you. It's like, all right, now I'm going to run you to the ground, which is what a lot of teams do. A lot of teams do. And I defend running backs. I no position. Do I agree with them holding out more than running back, but it's also the one position that I'm the most hypocritical about because I feel as if, if I'm an organization, I wouldn't want to pay you. And if I'm the running back, I would I would hold out. Like you see it a lot of times, like, yo, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh got the best out of Le'Veon Bell. He is completely washed with the Jets. And now Pittsburgh's like, all right, cool. Who's next? Benny Snell and and James Conner. So that's my rant on the running back position. Detroit, I don't want to waste too much time. I should have trusted myself. I felt as if the only thing that was going to keep him back is exactly what's keeping him back, and that is Matt Patricia is a Jobert. And he wasn't even a good – He I, I get into these arguments with MP all the time. Just because you're a Belichick disciple does not mean shit, especially when you're on the defensive side of the ball, because that's Belichick. Yep. Like how much of that was Belichick? And also, bro – he kind of was giving up mad yards, right? They had the bend but don't break defense when he was with New England. So how good of a head coach is he? He's not. He's like 9-24 and and 1. So until – it's a shame because I really like Matthew Stafford, and there's a lot of pieces on that team that I like as well. But when the guy pulling the strings is like that, I just it's, – it's hard to get behind them. Yeah, I agree. I – expected so many big things um the beginning of the season the way that their 
utilizing Matthew Stafford is very different than it was last year when he was on pace to have MVP type numbers before getting hurt. And that's the Matthew Stafford in the offense I was expecting. And we're just not seeing it. Cause like you said, it's, it's Matt Patricia. He's, he ain't it. He ain't it chief. He ain't it. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Owen two minus 28 net point differential. One of the highest in the league for Owen two teams. Um, Carson Wentz, man, what is, what's going on, Taryn? What do you see over there? I was going to ask you actually the same question because I know me and you are both those guys like, hey, if you don't see it with Carson Wentz by now, I don't know what to tell you. He's obviously good. And I've been defending him, you know, most of his career now whenever he gets a lot of criticism. But this year, he's just not playing well. I know the offensive line isn't good. I know the receivers aren't good. But it's similar to what I said with the Packers, how you can still glean things even with that. When he has the opportunity, when he has time, when he has open guys, he still doesn't look great. And I don't know what it is. 58.8 completion percentage. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. Just looks afraid to pull the trigger. Just there's, there's moments where he can step up and pick up a third and six with his legs, and he doesn't. I get the injuries because they were kind of snake bit by injuries even heading into the season. I get that. But, man, I did think this year the Dak versus Wentz discussion, the the pro-Dak people were going to separate from the bunch just because of the situation Dallas was in, the weapons around them, the offensive line, the whole collection of, you know, Dak wants to get paid. I'm a big believer in, yo, contract years. I'm betting on that guy, right? I think Dak Prescott's like 15 to one to win MVP. Not the worst bet out there. Not the worst bet out there. Kyler Murray, strangely enough, I don't know if, if you saw my tweet about it, but he started the year at 12 and one. He's been the talk of the town. A lot of people saying it's a two team, two person race. And I know it's week two, but right now he's 14 to one now at some sports. So his odds got worse. Really? I think it's going to come down to whoever wins that division is probably going to end up winning the MVP award. And something I didn't mention with the Cardinals, dude, their schedule over the next four weeks, they play Detroit this week at home. Then they play the Panthers and the Jets. And then on Monday night football, right? Let me paint this picture for you. I might even clip this because I think this might be some, all right, let me, let me start looking a little pretty over here. You know what I'm saying? Boy, here we go. There's a possibility that they are 5-0 and going into that Monday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. America's game, America's team, standalone factor. I said this exact same thing about Lamar Jackson last year. Our guy Dom, editor Dom, shouts to Dom. He bet this, and he was like, yo, bro, I heard you mention this. I saw that video, and I bet that shit. Good looks. Didn't give me a dollar for the mentioning, by the way. By the fucking way. All right, but it's all good, though. It's all good. At least people are listening. Taryn, I think it's going to be the same situation this year where if Kyler Murray goes into Dallas and they're 5-0 and and he just goes ham, like 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, 70 on the ground with a TD, and, like, everyone just starts, like, blowing Kyler Murray. From there, dude, I'm telling you, the odds are going to dip, and he might be the favorite. This is a perfect buy-now situation on the Arizona Cardinals buy them to win the Super Bowl, buy them to win the NFC. They're plus 500 to win the division still because Seattle has looked so dominant and so good. Buy, buy, buy everything Carolina. Uh, uh, Cardinals, like, Cardinals, Cardinals. Dude, delete, delete that. <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, I have Carolina right here in front of me. But going back to the Cowboys and why I even got into this MVP discussion and with Carson Wentz also, it's because I, I felt as if this year – it was going to be a big year for Carson Wentz because that money just started. This was the first year that money on that extension started. And also, I think the way Dak was situa- situated, it was going to be people that were pro-Dak were going to separate from the bunch. And that's kind of what you're seeing right now. If he can't get going this week against the Bengals, bro, it's going to be rough in Philadelphia because that media is not kind. Yeah, 100%. What do you th- what do you think about the Cowboys as a team? Like as far as contenders because with this division, I mean, 
they better win it. But like yeah. for you see them as like a deep playoff team. Uh, what, are we, what are we looking at? I I had them in the NFC title game, I believe, mm-hmm. with the Saints. Uh, I don't feel confident in either of those two teams right now. Um, I'm ready to say that it might be Seattle and Arizona right now. I don't think I need to wait anymore. I think it's going to come down to that. And whoever, you know, you can't even say the home field is going to matter because there's no crowd. So, like, well, here, I have a fun fact about that. Okay. Real yeah. Real quick. Uh-huh. There's a one team that I think that the no crowd helps more than any other team. And I might be biased, but that's the Packers. I don't well, know if you watch both of our games closely. But it hurts at Lambeau, obviously, because it's a hard place to play, but we'll still get the weather. Aaron Rodgers' hard count this year has been more lethal than I've ever seen in his whole career. Ooh. People jumping off sides left and right because it's so, he's so loud. You can wow. hear him so clearly. Wow, that's, that's very interesting, and it makes sense. I thought you were yeah. going to bring up the point of the weather coming in. Like, mm. you know, regardless if there's people in the crowd, it's still going to be fucking yep. two degrees in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. I also think now that I think about it, uh, I just said think like four times in about 10, 10 words. That's terrible, terrible podcasting. But the Cardinals play in a dome. Seattle plays outdoors. Maybe that later on down the year. So yeah. uh, well, with Dallas, to answer your question, though, before we move on to the dumpster fire of a franchise. <laughs> Um, I'm not really buying the Cowboys, man. I think they're going to be a team where if they get the ball last, I'll have a chance. They'll put up a lot of points, but it just doesn't seem like their defense could stop anyone. Can't generate a pass rush. It's just they lost Van Der Esch too, and that was brutal for them. Seems like the, the, the white middle linebacker for the Cowboys the last decade just can't stay healthy, right? Remember <laughs> yeah. Sean Lee for the longest time? Yep. I remember that dude. He was the first dude, Taryn, that I started looking at and they were weighing his on and off splits. Like, oh, Dallas, when he's in there, they're like the Legion of Boom, but when he's not, they're like the Browns. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just how I feel about the the, the Cowboys. The Giants, oh and two, on to next year. Um it, there's just not much more to say. Uh, Saquon Barkley injury was devastating like we spoke about the the schedule was going to be hard to open up the year it does soften up afterwards but it's just you know guys can't stay healthy the Daniel Jones Daniel Jones is going to be a quarterback that's gonna get your hopes up a lot they'll be down 17 and he'll bring them back bring them back down four like what you saw with Chicago you're gonna see that a lot and then he'll either like not deliver or there'll be a pick six or a strip sack fumble. I, so that's, that's just how I feel about Daniel Jones. Um, I think everything around him is above average from a weapons perspective, mm-hmm. but the defense is bad and offensive line still needs a lot of work. And Taryn, I'm watching a lot of Clemson games now. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> might be worth it. There's three teams that I think are in the Trevor Lawrence right now, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and it's you and the other New York team and the Vikings. Which are you, you just real quick, uh, without getting into it too much, hmm. uh, Fields or Lawrence? Lawrence. Yeah, I feel that yeah. way too. The trope you've probably heard like a hundred times already because he's the spotlight's been on him for so long, but he's like the best looking QB prospect since Andrew Luck. Yeah, I've said this story countless times. All right, I love watching the Elite 11 camp with Trent Dilfer. The one year that he had Trevor Lawrence there, dude, the boner that Trent Dilfer was getting. (laughs) He'll be like, all right, guys, let's run a nine route, nine route. All right, who's going to throw it? Trevor, Trevor, come on over here. Oh, Trevor. What a ball, Trevor. Trevor, give us, give us an out route. Oh, Trevor. Trevor's just <laughs> over there looking like Vince McMahon when he's leaning back off his chair and shit, that famous, yeah. that famous meme and gif. But, yeah, man, look, he's the truth, bro. He's the truth. He's, uh, he's, whoever's going to get him is going to be very, very happy. Um, it's just, you know, quarterbacks sometimes, I, I think over the years, the one thing that's changed with football, and I think you guys have a lot to do with that for the PFF folks, is it is a better it's it's easy not easier it's because it's still hard but the the bus potential is easier to identify than ever before mm-hmm. 
like it it's unless you go into a bad situation like yo i i would buy stock on josh rosen and i know it's it's like penny stocks now but think about his situation bro he goes into arizona bad offensive line worst team of football then he gets traded to the afc version of arizona so I wouldn't give up hope uh, on Josh Rosen, but guys like him, guys like Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, at what point are they damaged goods and you just got to move on? So that's just how I feel about that. I love how I said I don't want to spend too much time on the Giants, and we spent like five minutes, as always. (laughs) All right, Baltimore Ravens, can we skip through it? Like they kind of are beating the shit out of people is exactly what a dominant team like that should be doing. Yeah, pretty much. I do have to say I've been a big big critic of Lamar Jackson over the last two years. Um, and even I already started, you know, I was firing off tweets that are probably going to look bad during their first game of the week when he would make some questionable throws, but like he's playing really well throw from throwing wise. Obviously he's playing really well, but I've never been into him as a passer. And it, it looks like I might eat my words this season, which is the only thing I really have to say about them. Man, they, I cannot wait for that Monday Night Football game this week. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's going to be – Both night been, games are going to be Yeah, awesome. yeah, that's right. Saints and Packers, too. Yeah. Dude, uh, I haven't been this excited for a Monday Night Football game since literally I remember that VM season. I was like – it was like week two or three. I was like, yo, the Chiefs are going to play the Rams Monday Night Football. That game was supposed to be in Mexico, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And then there was that issue with the field, and then they moved it to L.A. Oh, dude. Imagine if that shit played in Mexico under those conditions, bro. We might have never had that game. That's the best football game I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, yo, it was so good that the defenses didn't play that bad. Yes. And you look at the boxer, you're like, bro, they put up like 108 points combined. <laughs> How? What the fuck are you saying? But it's like, yo, you want like there was pick uh, defensive scores. There were sacks. There was interceptions. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, there was just so much firepower there. That's golf. Golf yeah. finished like fifth in MVP that year. So Pittsburgh, uh, 2-0. and I, I was very, very high on Pittsburgh. You know, I think a lot of these, this segment and this episode has a lot to do with what your perception of certain teams were and then what mine were and then whoever's listening. You know, like some people, if they thought Pittsburgh was going to be whack this year, then them being 2-0, that's impressive to them. To me, similar like Baltimore, kind of where I thought they would be right now. Yeah, me too. I was a little bit concerned because I didn't know how Big Ben was going to look. Um, but, I mean, after like a quarter of, you know, finding his sea legs against the Giants week one, he looks like Big Ben and they're playing really well. And that defense is phenomenal. I just got a I just got an email at this weird time. That's why I kind of got stumped. Um, I'm apartment searching, bro. So it's been fucking chaos this week. You just got an apartment recently, right? Yep. Was it stressful or what? Um, it was actually pretty smooth sailing. I think as far as apartments go, when I was mm-hmm. searching, because I didn't really have a timetable, and this one was one of the first ones we were on, and ended up being perfect, and we pulled the pulled the trigger. So I I got lucky. Yeah, you also pay like twenty dollars for rent out there. You fuck. I do also live in Wisconsin, which helps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bengals zero and two. Um, growing pains, man. I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch from an offensive standpoint. Burrow is going to keep them in games, but also like Burrow, you know, he threw the ball like 60 plus times against the Browns. And I do think some of his numbers are skewed, but I I would be, I would be happy if I'm a Bengals fan. I think you found a guy. Me too. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks like a rookie for as much as, you know, he was this fantastic, all of a sudden crazy prospect that pops out of nowhere obvious number one overall pick I think sometimes people don't realize the difference in talent between college and the NFL and even though you're amazing as a prospect the speed of the game changes everything changes so he he looks like a rookie but I I think our our evaluations look right so far about him being a good quarterback it's just going to take some time Chiefs 2-0 anything you want to say about them I kind of feel like we could again they're just kind of 
where I thought they would be. I think the other team that's 2-0 in this division is more interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. The Chiefs are, you know, it's kind of chalk. That's the Raiders. Man, look, they um, 2-0 going on the road against Carolina, I think was impressive for how they played. And I know Carolina's defense is rather suspect and Jacobs went off. Jacobs might be a top five running back in the league. I mean, especially for how how they're using him too. And, yo, Derek Carr sliced up that Saints defense. Yo, what happened to Lattimore? Yeah. Uh, Lattimore was a guy in DFS. I'd be like, yo, I can't play that wide receiver because Lattimore is going to be in coverage. Now it's like fucking Zay Jones is scoring touchdowns on you and shit. Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Zay Jones. Yeah, um, I think it's I, – I was thinking about them for a little bit while getting ready to record this show because they're one of the ones that I, I almost forgot even though they just had that crazy win against the Saints. I Like, Raiders 2-0? and What? I think it has something to do with John Gruden. I don't know if you've been a John Gruden guy. I don't really remember. I don't think we talked about it. But I've always liked him. He's a little crazy, but I've always liked, you know, him from a football perspective. So I think it's got something to do with that. Maybe he's just trying to light a fire under Derek Carr's ass. I don't know. I think – Bill Belichick came out and said that Darren Waller is in that discussion for best tight end in the league. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he's that far off, man. I think Waller for how they use him, what he does, what he means to that team too. He's their number one target. He's their, I think he's their most important weapon on offense. I agree. hundred percent. Even more so than Jacobs. I think he's, I think he's that valuable to them because, you know, running back, you could, you, you could replace a running back a lot easier than a pass catcher. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I'd put like their backup left guard as more valuable than Jacobs. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Waller, Waller's great. Super important to that team too. It's kind of like what I said with McCaffrey to Bridgewater because it's how Derek Carr plays. Henry Ruggs could end up being like Tyree kill, but, would Derek Carr take advantage of that as much as having this big, you know, tight end target to throw to in the middle of the field. So yeah, I agree. Denver Broncos. Oh, and two kind of where I thought they would be also, um, you know, lock gets hurt too. kind of just should be. And I mean, they got destroyed by injuries as well. Yeah. Uh, Sutton Judy got hurt. They lost Von Miller. I hope they could unleash a little bit of Hamler, man. I think I've been singing his praises for a while. I think he's he's dope. I liked him at Penn State. I have like a weird tie to Penn State because I have a lot of family members that went there. So I watched him. He just didn't have a quarterback. So I'm curious to see what they do now. Uh, skip through Denver. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Titans 2-0, and also kind of where I thought they would be. Uh, Johnu Smith is becoming a real thing. Yeah. This is also without A.J. Brown, who – shit last year i kind of made this joke with you about Mostert when we were talking about this on the monday show how if you were to show someone most the last five weeks that he played in the nfl last year you'd be like yeah that's the best running back in football yeah. aj brown after Tannehill got there was either putting up 100 yards or scoring touchdowns every week uh, he was just every week i just remember playing dfs and i'm i'm saying to myself hey he's not gonna do it this week again is he 130 in a touchdown. He's not going to do it this week, right? 80 and two touchdowns. So Tennessee, again, don't want to spend too much time on them. If you have any thoughts, sure. And I think they're a really good team. Um, I love Tannehill. Derrick Henry might be my favorite running back in football just because I love watching him because he's a specimen. Uh, it's no secret, you know, why. You just turn on the TV and some – like he had that Monstars juice from freaking – <laughs> whatever that movie's called but space uh jam. space jam there, there you go thanks for the assist yeah i mean they're a good team i just hate how much they run the ball yeah. sometimes like watching them i like to watch their games because the Tanhill story is dope and i love henry and i think they're good but sometimes just seeing them run the ball over and over and over whether it's first and 10 second and 10 second and 15 it's like man please just like you Tannehill's really good, and his efficiency is part of that. But, like, I just think he's good. I don't think he is only good if he throws the ball 
four times. Like he'll be good if you give him a little bit more workload, but otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much where I expected them. Texans 0-2, um, you know, and they played Pittsburgh this week. That defensive line is going to feast. I feel bad for Watson, but, hey, he just got paid also. Um, Yo, you know what? Fuller already, hamstring issues. Brandon Cooks kind of had a a second wind last week. But defense, I think, has a lot of holes. Bill O'Brien, similar to Matt Patricia, just – way more successful Bill O'Brien to Matt Patricia. You know, they've won the division many times under Bill O'Brien. And this is also with Brock Osweiler, Brian, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon's playing quarterbacks too. So I just think he's overstayed his welcome. And I think him also being a GM when he was the GM with them too, that never works, bro. Like there's only a handful of people that could do that. If that, like it just doesn't work. You know, Belichick could do that. But I even think that he has a GM that he defers to as well. Yeah. So that's really it with the Texans. I just hope Watson can stay healthy because he's another guy who he kind of could keep them in games in, in certain situations. Yeah. And I mean, it's not getting easier, like you said, than playing Pittsburgh. But unless I'm not thinking of someone, they had to have it the toughest, the f- toughest first two weeks of any team. I mean, oh, Ravens, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. God, and then these... Pittsburgh? Like, bro, who'd you piss off at the office? Yeah, Billy O must have slept with someone's wife in the in the head office of the NFL or something to come up with that schedule because that's rough. Yeah, there needs to be a sex tape somewhere, and hopefully we <laughs> don't see it. Do not see it because that'd be rather graphic. Oh, All right. Um, Bills, 2-0. Uh, kind of similar to your Packers. You didn't really beat anyone great, but you're 2-0, so congrats. But also, you are kind of beat two shitty teams. Yeah, definitely. I do also, though, it's, it's funny you bring up the Packers because I look at them in a similar light as I do the Packers where they're doing things that I'm taking from these games that gives me a lot of hope and like says to me the games mean more even though they're against bad teams like the way josh allen's playing is the most important thing for me he could be playing like last year last two years he could have been playing trash teams and he's still overthrow receivers by 10 yards he's playing really well and that's another one i'm gonna probably eat my words because i constantly make fun of just him overthrowing guys and doing stuff like that even though i really like him because he's fun to watch and you know He's just cool, but he's been playing really well. And if he can keep that up, the accuracy um, issues deep and intermediate on those type of routes, their offense can be really dangerous, and we know the defense is good. So, There's an interesting scheduling situation here. So the Rams played in Philly this week, and then they went back to L.A. Then they got to come back for Buffalo. This is something that like a lot of professional bettors have looked at in the past. The San Francisco 49ers, on the other hand, they played in MetLife last week, complained about the turf. And then they went to either Virginia or the Carolinas because they're playing in MetLife again this week against the Giants. Mm-hmm. So there's been a trend over the last, I'd say, handful of years of teams electing to stay out in the coast as opposed to coming back. Green Bay doesn't really have to deal with that because you're, you're kind of in the middle of the country. But I've seen it in the past. So I'm curious to see if that traveling for the Rams because, you know, LA to Buffalo is like a five hour flight. Yeah. You know, San Francisco to New York would be a six hour flight. So I think it's smart what San Francisco did. And I don't really understand the logic behind that. If you're, if you're the Rams, so kind of hot take. I know I'm not really giving out predictions for this week's games. I think Buffalo might be in a blowout spot here. I think Buffalo might kind of have a big, like, 21 point win kind of because I I believe in that stuff I believe in that scheduling and the traveling back and forth you know Seattle also no team is going to travel more than them this year Wow! so because they also travel from the highest point in the country as far as NFL Uh, yeah okay um this is why one day I'm going to get paid the big bucks because I just blew your mind (laughs) I? I did not know that I did not know that are you a, uh, are you a believer in the Bills, even though they had kind of cupcake games? I like everything about Buffalo. I am starting to like what I see from Josh Allen. Yeah, 
which was my biggest concern with him. Yo, he's still wild. Oh yeah. He's still there was because I had that game because I had that game on my monitor because I'm a degenerate and I had Josh Allen stacks on DraftKings and they got there. Thank you, Stefan Diggs. Thank you, Byron Jones, for pulling your groin. Hope you have a speedy recovery, but it did open up and you know, hashtag screenshot life was coming. Uh with that being said, he threw like an interception right to this guy's face mask. There was another one where he's holding out to the ball for like nine Mississippi and he's still going to do that. But I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's, it's what you love about Josh Allen and you can't stop him from doing that. That improv shit is he's not Aaron Rodgers at all, but a part of what makes Aaron Rodgers so fantastic and such an all time great is the improv and the shit breaks down. Let me ad lib as they would say. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's really volatile. I look at it like he's somewhere between Matthew Stafford and Jameis Winston. They both kind of are really risky. I'll put it like that. But if you can eliminate a little bit more of the bad and do a bit more of the good, then you're more like Matt Stafford as opposed to Jameis Winston, which is a really big difference. So if he can, you know, actually hit his throws that are open when he doesn't have to do any wild stuff and maybe hold on to the ball a little bit, it's always going to be hard to predict, but he's on the right path. Next week's Thursday night football game is the Jets and the Broncos. Oh, my gosh. Thank God for betting in fantasy because you cannot (laughs) watch that shit at all. Speaking of which, again, why I'm a professional. The Jets, 0-2, the last team on our list because the Dolphins just won on Thursday Night Football, so they are now 1-2. Congrats. Jets, what are your thoughts on the Jets? Uh, If I had to gun to my head, say, hey, who's going to be the number one overall pick, I would say the New York Jets. Um, The roster is awful. I think Adam Gase is – I've got like four head coaches that I think – should be fired every morning I, w- I wake up I should look at my phone and see news that they were fired and I'm surprised when I don't and he's one of them yeah I mean I just think that they're they're decimated with injury they're they're just an issue um top to bottom organizationally too Gase everyone that leaves him becomes a better player it's just a weird thing that's going on with him and yeah, just no life, right? Like the Niners came in hobbled. They lose Jimmy G. Yeah. And I, I sort of felt like the Jets might have been live in that game. And then like, yo, off rip, just Mostert just <laughs> takes it to the crib. And you're like, yo, bro. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I'm done. I'm, I'm getting angry just thinking about the, uh, realizing that that's the Thursday night football game next week just made me angry. It's, it's pretty atrocious. I have one question for you yeah. while we're on the Jets because I'm interested. I had this thought today. What do you think the odds are? I don't think Sam Darnold works there. He's going to be gone or whatever. They're going to draft somebody or something. What do you think the chances of him going elsewhere and having a – Ryan Tannehill-esque resurgence because he does sometimes he makes throws that I'm like wow and then there's the Adam Gase same thing there does Adam Gase maybe just make quarterbacks awful especially if there's no weapons around him like could you see him going to a team and all of a sudden being like yo this might be a top 15 quarterback absolutely bro he just he just turned 23 in June Mm -hmm. he's young uh he's not the problem But, but he might be the fall guy. He might be damaged goods and no one is to blame, but the jets. Yep. That's, that's just how I feel about that. Look, Robbie Anderson is playing well in Carolina and he was one of his favorite weapons. Like Robbie Anderson when Sam Darnold was in the game and quarterbacking for him because, like, Darnold had uh, the mono thing where he missed some time, then he got hurt, and then Robbie Anderson was out. So, Darnold, when he had Robbie Anderson, like, yo, you shouldn't do that to your young quarterbacks. Like, the Giants did everything they could and they have to let Daniel Jones flourish. He's just dropping the ball there. Yo, if Sam Darnold was the quarterback for the Giants right now, dude, 
with the weapons that he has. And it's he's the way better talent. That's always wow. been the case. Oh, that's always been the case, though. I've always been a Darnold guy. Darnold was the reason why I didn't want the Giants to draft Barkley. That's not a surprise to anyone. I thought he should have been the number one pick to Cleveland. So when he felt it, too, I was like, oh, shit. It's dope. Yeah. Darnold is not going to get that kind of recognition because he's on the Jets and because his team sucks. <laughs> and he has no skill players around him. Like... Yo, he made one throw against the Niners, which if it was Pat Mahomes that did it, people would uh, be like breaking. running left. Yeah, he kind of like towards the middle, and he yeah, he eluded yeah. he someone in the pocket too. I kind of put it on my Instagram story, but yeah, that's that's always been how I felt about Donald. Mm. I I don't think it's a him issue at all. Sam is not the problem. Yeah, so I agree. There's that. All right. Orvica, Derek Pleiates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner. My guy, Patreon members, thank you as always for your contributions. Guys, if you want to support the show, it would mean a lot to me for as little as one American dollar a month could go towards you being a patron. And for five dollars a month, you get some exclusive and dope extra content on there as well. And join our Discord as well. Um that is it at the lamb show is where you can find me at veterans minimum is we can find everything for the show check out the episode with the narcos agents the real agents that took down pablo escobar javier pena and steve murphy that is up right now and also check out the episode that i did with taryn if you guys haven't already to listen to our thoughts on some of the big injury reports and fallout from that week too and Taryn, once again, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Taryn, T-A-R-E-N, Caravella, C-A-R-A-V-E-L-L-A. And Instagram is the same thing with a dot in between my two names. There you go. As always, enjoy. Enjoy your weekends. And most importantly, congrats. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.